Welcome to the Queen City Church Podcast. We're so excited that you decided to join us, and we wanted to personally welcome you. Thank you so much for listening in today. Our goal is that this message will encourage you and give you practical steps for a relationship with God that keep getting better and better. Enjoy the message. I was excited to be here to share a message with you. We're right after Easter, and last week... During the Easter service, you guys had over 800 people, which is the biggest Sunday attendance so far. And for a church that is only just a few months old, that is absolutely incredible. What you're seeing here does not happen in most places when churches plant. And it's just, it's an amazing thing. And you better go ahead and fasten your seatbelt because more is to come. But in this process last week, everybody had the opportunity to fill out Uh, one of the connection cards, and it was a specially designed connection card for Easter because Easter is one of those two Sundays that a lot of people are willing to go to church, right? You've got the poinsettia people, which is Christmas, and you've got the lily people, which is Easter, okay? So some people were poinsettia lily people last week, and so they were here, and so it's a great time to just make sure that you connect with the people that are in your community as they're here. It's an easy time to invite friends, and some of you may have been here last week, and you're here this week. Great. We're so proud of you. We're glad that you're here. But in that process, you filled out this connection card and there was a survey done on the back. And and I asked Pastor Brian if I could share that information with you because it fits what I'm going to be talking about today. But the results of that, 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 all those cards that were turned in is that there were 268 people of the 800 that marked A. And that was just saying that I am already in a relationship with Jesus Christ. And then there were of the Bs, which is I'm beginning a relationship with Jesus Christ today. There were 108 people. Come on, God deserves a great praise for that. If one gets saved in heaven, there's a celebration. It's 108, everybody. That's fantastic. That is fantastic. Also, the C's were people who are considering a relationship with Christ. And if you're in this room today and you're, you're not bought in yet, it's totally okay because Queen City Church is a church that is available for people who just want to check it out. So feel no pressure, feel no obligation. Come in, drink all the coffee you want, take all the pins that you want. We're here for you, okay? It's totally okay. But of that group, there were 17 people said, I'm considering it. And then the last one was a group called the D mark. And in that is people who said that I don't ever intend on making that decision. And so we appreciate their honesty and want you to know that we're going to be praying for them because God loves them anyway. I want you to know God is not fickle. He, he doesn't turn on when we respond to him and turn off when we don't. He loves us continually. And so I just wanted you to hear that number. And what, why the importance of those numbers is this, and that is because all those numbers indicate for all of us is that we're on a journey. Everybody say, I'm on a journey. I'm going to have to have just a little feedback from you, okay? Just a little bit. I don't have to have no big, big amen, but just a little. I'm going to ask for it. But everybody in this room is on a journey. The saddest thing in this room is that we, if we were on a journey and we didn't realize it, that you just think that life is just happening to you and that you don't have a part to play in it. I want you to know today, you have a choice to make in this journey that you're on and all of us are on one. Don't think that you are somehow the exception to the rule. No, we're all on a journey and all of us in this room would love to have something take place in our life that would change a part of us or maybe all of us or maybe something about our family. And by the way, 
In this next series, you know, Pastor Brian asks if you've got somebody you want to, to hear the relationship series. Now, don't, don't go home and say, come on, sorry, husband, come back to church with me. No, 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 don't do that. That's not going to be helpful. But if people struggle in relationships, and God's got an answer for us, and everybody's on a journey, and everybody wants something to change in their life, but one thing that's really, really important is that people who want to change have to take next steps. Let me just be honest with you. I've been a runner now for 26 years, but I've never been, I've never lifted weights. And so I love running. A lot, it's a lot of fun. But last week, because I'm 54 and stuff ain't fitting like it's supposed to fit. Y'all know what I'm saying, everybody. You know, when your chest drops down into your drawers, you got a furniture problem and you're older. All right. <laughs> Y'all are going to get that tomorrow. <laughs> chest drops down to your drawers. Get it, chest. Okay. All right. Moving past. It's funny in my head, so uh, I guess that's a northern-southern thing, all right? But we all, we all want to change. And so last week, I started working out with some young bucks in our church, and uh, I hate them, all of them, <laughs> because it's been about a week that I haven't been able to wash my hair, and so I just, I get in there and scrub my head on the wall of the shower, praise the Lord. But I'm having to take a next step, everybody. I'm having to do something that I haven't done. And I still hate them, and I'm going to hate them on Tuesday morning when I get to see them again. But I need the next steps because I want to change. I don't want to be the guy that looks like a pastor. You know what I'm saying? I love it when people say, you don't like a pastor. I'm like, thank you so much, you know? Because sometimes the image of pastors is different. But um, I don't know about you guys, but in my life, there are times because of my wife, I watch shows that I ordinarily wouldn't watch. Anybody, anybody can, can relate to that? There's stuff that I see on television that I normally don't want to see. And one of those from time to time is a cooking show. Now, I don't watch them because I want to, because I'd have to surrender my man card to you. But other than that, um, I get to see these shows and they're, they're wonderful. They're fun and energetic. There's normally two people in the kitchen and the kitchen's beautiful, by the way, and everything's shiny. And they're all real happy about the cake that they're going to bake. You know, they're going to be baking a lemon raspberry, you know, tart cake or something like that. I'm just guessing. I have no idea. Because I'd rather just have a Little Debbie cake. I mean, just, I've been dating Little Debbie for years and I'm not going to stop. And so my wife knows about that relationship and so she's fine as long as it's a star crunch. But you go into this kitchen and they're all happy and they're all getting ready to do this cake and it's awesome, you know, and so they start doing it and they're on the counter with the TV and the lights, it's all happening and there's the bowls and there's the, all these little uh, side bowls, these ramekins full of all these different things and, and as they're putting them all together, I'm watching this and I'm thinking, I've never seen this happen in my kitchen because nothing is ever where you think it's supposed to be if you're baking the cake, right? You know, you know what I'm saying? It's just, it doesn't look like that at home. And, you know, if they need just a, you know, we need four crushed raspberries that have been dried out and scraped or whatever, they're always in a little bowl prepared. We don't even know if we have raspberries at that point. You know what I'm saying? You're going back to the grocery store just to make this cake. And so you do all the deal and everything's so neat and they pour it in and they're so happy. And then right at the end, when they're getting ready to put it in the oven, they say, oh, by the way, we already have one of these in the oven. And they open the drawer and there it comes out and they're like, Pa-da! and I'm like, if this is the way cooking was all the time, that would be great. But it's not that way, right? Because we live in the real world and we experience real life situations. And I want you to know that I think there are times in our lives to where that we think that Christianity is a lot like that show. 
that it looks all put together. So you walk in here and they've got the people outside and they're smiling and everybody's dressed well and they've got the lights and the signs and all this kind of stuff. And you see Pastor Brian get up here and you look and you go, that doesn't look like it looks at my house. And I want you to know today that the reason it doesn't look like it looks at your house because this isn't your house. This is a prepared environment. Now, the people that are doing what they're doing, they are real in who they are. But they also have real lives just like you. Like they got up this morning and they had bed head just like you had. The only deal was they took a shower and put a lot of product in their hair. I didn't do that, but they did. I love it in, in our society today, everybody's wearing a hairdo that looks messed up, but it's actually very much intentional, right? You think it's all jacked up. No, that was on purpose, right? But that's the way it is. And sometimes we look at Christianity and we look at faith and we look at God and we go, I, I can't relate to that. Well, I want you to know is that you're just seeing people who are in the process just like you are. They've just been in the process a little bit longer. That cake had to go through the very same process that the cake that they were assembling there on the counter. It just got done a little bit before the second cake got prepared. And I want you to know that in your life, you are much like that. Where, are, where you are in the journey is not as important as are you being intentional with the journey. So today I want to help you with that. Because sometimes next steps are messy. And sometimes there is a little flower on the ground and sometimes you gotta go back to the grocery store and get something and sometimes things don't work like you expect them to or sometimes things don't respond like you thought they would. And I want you to know life is messy but God is good. And so today we can take some next steps and since we're right here coming after Easter and I bet there's probably somebody in this room and maybe last week was the first time or maybe some of you have only been here a week, a couple weeks, whatever the case may be, there's a path that we need to get on and we need to start an intentional journey because God has a wonderful plan for your life. God just doesn't have a plan for you. He has a wonderful plan. His purposes are awesome and he loves you so much. And the change that we may want in our lives, if you want your marriage better or you want your relationship with your kids better, or maybe you want something different in your work life, or maybe there's an issue that you have in your own heart and you're like, I am so frustrated. The change that you want may involve a path that you have not considered, but still you're going to have to take next steps. Now, Ephesians 4.14 says this. Instead, we will speak the truth in love. Obviously, there's context before this. Paul is helping them in relationships and helping them develop themselves. And then he says growing, and you'll see it on the screen, that growing is highlighted because everybody in this room, you can be growing. Everybody say growing. You can be growing if you want to. You just have to start taking intentional next steps. It says growing in every way more and more like Christ. So every day, if I'm taking one step, what starts happening is I start becoming more and more like him. No, there's not a prayer, there's not a song, there's not a serve, there's not anything that you can do just once and you'll be like him exactly. It's a series of steps along the way. I've been saved since 1979. And I can tell you that on that journey, there's been some beautiful moments and on that journey, there's been some ugly moments. But I want you to know that where I was in 79 is not where I am now. And I'm grateful to the Lord for that. Isaiah 43, 19 says, see, I'm doing a new thing. Now it, now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? And today I'm hoping that we can perceive that God wants us to take next steps. Why? Because if you can't see it, you can't be it. 
And I want to lay it out for you just as simply as I can. And it's exactly what we do here in this church. But before we take this journey, I want to make sure that you're aware of three things. Because anytime you start taking next steps to follow the Lord, you're going to bump into some barriers. And I want to make sure that you're aware of them so that when you hit them, you're not surprised. There's nothing like, I do a lot of premarital counseling. I love it. And in the process, when you're sitting there with a the couple, they're smiling and you're smiling and they're, they're just great. And at some point in it, I say, hey, by the way, marriage is going to be difficult. You're going to have to work through some issues. And we talk through that. And two years later, there's normally a guy that comes in and says, Pastor D, you didn't tell me it was going to be this hard. I said, yes, I did. Just when you heard me say that, you didn't believe me. That's the problem. It's not that it's bad, it's just difficult because two people are combining their lives. And when you start taking next steps, I don't want you to be surprised, I don't want you to be let down, and I don't want you to, to be like, well, that, that, that Pastor Steve guy with that weird haircut, he didn't tell us this. No, I want to make sure that you know that on this journey, you're gonna bump into three things. Number one, some of you will bump into your past. Some of you, you will bump into this, this place where maybe there is this past pain or this past mistake or maybe something, somebody did something to you. And I want you to know that that is a part of taking next steps is when you bump into it, that the Lord helps you navigate around it or through it or over it or under it. Un- under it, but here's the thing, God will get you past it, but if when you bump into it, that's not a bad thing, it's actually a good thing, because God's trying to show you that that is an area that he will let you win in. He wants to let you win in those, and here's the deal, it can be a pain of a past mistake, or it can be the way God did something before, and you're expecting that he's going to do it that same way. God doesn't answer our prayers the same every time we pray them. And he doesn't answer them the same as everybody else experienced. In the New Testament, Jesus spit on the ground, he made some mud, and he put it on a blind guy's eyes. That's the only recorded time that we see that. I'm glad that's not a tradition that we do here in this church, by the way. (sighs) Make some mud and pat it on your eyes. I, I think that would reduce attendance. But here's the deal. God wants to help you get past your past. But as you're taking next steps, there's going to be a point where something tries to drag you to the past and you need to get over it. Number two, part of what will stop us if we're not careful is our perspective. Our perspective. This is where we have these thoughts in our lives and these thoughts come to us and we're unaware that they're there. But they're actually biases that we have against something or for something. Maybe some of you, when you came into this church, you were thinking, well, I know what this is going to be like. And you came in and you thought, wow, this is different than what I thought. What was that? You were exposing a bias. It's understood by psychologists that you can have up to 40,000 thoughts that go through your mind every day, which is an amazing number. And some of you are like, that can't be true. Well, listen, it can be because you're just not aware of how many times they circulate through your head. The unfortunate Part about that is that a majority of those thoughts often in most people's lives are negative. So here I am talking about next steps and about achieving what God wants in your life, and you're trying to take steps. And the whole journey along the way, there's the enemy or there's this lie that just kind of bing, bing, bing through your mind all the time. I can't make it. You're not going to do it. I can't make it. You're not going to do it. And you're not even aware that that, that that noise is in your life, but it's there. And we have to learn to get past those issues. They occur so often that we're not even aware of it. So my question to you is, how do you see you? And however you see you, you should look at that and measure that based upon how God sees you, not how anybody else says. 
I remember there was a time in my life where um, my mom didn't really understand what I was doing in my career path working in the church. And she actually asked this question of me. And I love my mom. We have a good relationship with each other. But she said, when are you going to get a real job? And I was like, well, I think my job's pretty real. I mean, I, I have a desk and a door and a phone and you know, I get a paycheck. How much more real can a job be? But I remember in that moment that to my heart that was crushing because it, it reaffirmed in my life that maybe what I was doing was not what was supposed to be. So how do you see yourself? Number two, how do other people see you in your perspective? And sometimes you struggle with that. And I want you to know, just in all vulnerability, there are a lot of times in my life, what I think about me limits what God wants to do in my life. And I'm always trying to get past it and I'm working for it every day. And then number three, it's not just our past or our perspective, but number three, it's our doubts. Our doubts, those are barriers that we run into. And it's just questions that we have like, will he? Like, is he really there? Can he? Does he have the ability to do a miracle? You're sitting in one right now. I can tell you that's the case. The Cromers have a family story that is a miracle. It's the case. I've seen you move. You've moved the mountains, and I know that you can do it again, everybody. We didn't just sing that song because it's a good one. We sang it because it's truth, and we need to have it in our hearts. Here's the deal. Why would he? Like, why would God be good to you? Or why would he love you in spite of your mess? Because that's his nature. That's who he is. He doesn't just have a characteristic of love. The Bible says that he is love. And so now that we've addressed these barriers, let me just give you five simple steps that you need to take. And if you'll just start doing them, you don't have to do a ton, just start doing them. My point with working out is not to just go there and be the best ever on Tuesday. I'm just going to be faithful to Tuesday, faithful to Thursday, faithful to Tuesday, faithful to Thursday. And somewhere down the road, I'm going to see some results. If not, somebody's going to get shot. Okay. (laughs) Just saying, just saying. All right. And I'm from the South. We mean it. Just kidding. That's just a joke. It's just a joke. Not really. It's not a joke at all. All right. Number one, you ready? Y'all ready? Okay. I got 10 minutes. Y'all ready? Yes or no? Number one, we take our next steps when we feed on God's word. We take our next steps when we feed on God's word. And so somebody in this room today needs to hear me say, you need to feed on the word of God. Now to you, that may sound like a weird phrase, but it's not. It's just simply the fact that every day we must ingest some of the word of God. You don't have to read it all. Just get something in you. Just like you eat every day. Like I'm an everyday eater. I do it every day without fail, and I think about it because it's important to me. The word of God should be the same way to us. We just get a little bit of the Bible. Matthew 4, 4, Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone. Thankfully, he mentioned bread. I love bread. But he says, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. If you look how I've got them highlighted on the screen, man shall live on every word. That's how you're gonna live. You just decide every day I'm going to get some of the word in me. I don't feed once a week. I feed every day. I'll have lunch today and I'll enjoy it. I had dinner last night and I enjoyed it. Why? Because it's good to feed and everybody needs to feed. And some of you say, well, I don't understand it. That's totally okay. It's not about understanding. It's about getting it into you that's important. There's the genealogy. Why is it there? I don't know. Just read it anyway. It'll be good for you, okay? In, in, in the Old Testament, it talks sometimes about how you deal with scabs. There's a reason that's there. There's a reason that's there. And so the more you just get it into it, the more you're going to realize that it's there. Read, study, meditate, memorize, apply. Listen, 
you can only retain about 20% of what you hear. So that's really bu a bummer for me. I'm going to be here 30 minutes, and you're only going to get about 20% of that. So guess what? You need to apply it in your life, and the first way that you start doing it is that you read it. And so your action step, if you choose to accept this challenge, is that you daily, spend daily time with God and his word. If you want to, go to queencitypeople.com. On the resource tab, there are multiple Bible reading plans that you can choose based upon whatever your level of confidence is in studying the Bible. They have multiple things that you can do. Find one that is comfortable for you and just start reading the word every day. Some of you say, well, I don't see results. It doesn't matter. Keep doing it. I didn't see results either from last Thursday except pain. That's all I saw. All right. So go there. Number two, you ready? We take our next steps when we help each other grow. So not only do I read the word, but now I'm starting to interact with other people and I'm gonna start helping each other grow, which means I'm gonna help you grow and you're gonna help me grow. And the series that you guys are gonna talk about here beginning next week, the series on goals, the Bible says iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. So when I am navigating around you, we should both be getting better because we're making each other sharper. And so it's important that we Understand, you cannot grow alone. You were not created to grow in isolation. You were created to grow together with somebody else, to be challenged and encouraged. I need people in my life who every now and then can text me and say, hey, I believe in you. We just had this big conference this past weekend, Friday, Saturday, and a guy sent me a text this morning just talking about God's faithfulness in the conference that we were just at. I needed to hear that because I spent a lot of energy on that. And it was good to know that there was return on the investment that I made. Romans 1.12 says, that is that you and I may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. One of the reasons why you have a team that's in front of you worshiping is to mutually encourage you that you can do this thing. Worship is not designed just to be housed in a local church. It's to be designed to be housed in your heart, but it's much easier to worship when there's a bunch of people around you that are singing, right? If only we could have these guys be at home with us in the morning when we get up and we start singing. That would be cool, but it's not possible. So I, I need to learn how to do that on, on my own, but I need each other. Interesting study. Harvard did a study of adult development. It's over 75 years tracking 724 men, 60 of the original men at the point of this report were still alive in the study, and they've studied 2,000 of those 764 men's children, by the way. Harvard, this isn't the church, Harvard discovered these two things, that good relationships keep us happier and healthier, and that loneliness is toxic. This is Harvard. This isn't a Bible school somewhere, this is Harvard. And here's, if you're lonely today, there's a solution for that loneliness in this local church. Okay? Number two, that quality relationships are vital to health. And I want you to know that this gets picked up early. And some of us picked up positive early and some of us picked up negative. My grandson, who's three years old, was at my house on Saturday with my wife because we're at this conference and my daughter and her husband were at the same conference. And Liam who's the best little thing ever, except for Mason, who's his brother. And then another one that's coming in August. Those are my grandsons, by the way. But he said to my wife, I want you to get this three. My mommy and daddy love each other and always will. How did a three-year-old figure that out? Because he was in an environment where he saw something that he picked up on because it's God intended. 
And I want you to know there's something in this place that you're picking up by just being here. And you need to be in more of it. And the way that we do that is our action step. You ready for this? Action step is you need to connect in a small group. Now, there's going to be a new small group semester that launches the first week of June. It's a six-week semester. Jump in a group. Get connected with other people. Be at events. Find a place to serve. Get, on, get involved. And what you're going to start seeing is you're going to be taking next steps. Number one, I'm going to connect with the Word of God every day. Number two, I'm going to get in relationship with other people. And you're going to start finding this journey that you're on just exponentially increasing in a great way. The very reason that we don't, need to be in a, that we don't want to be in a small group is the reason we need to be in a small group because it's gonna make you better, okay? So your next step is connect in a small group. And maybe some of you need to lead a small group. Maybe you've been around for a while and you could lead and influence people. You need to do it. Number three, we take our next steps when we develop spiritual habits. We take our next steps when we develop spiritual habits. Good habits build good character. Good character builds your destiny. And some of you have lamented the fact that your life is not where you want it to be, but it's very possible it's because there weren't good habits that formed what you need to do. And if you don't like what you have, it's just simple. Don't be angry. Don't be frustrated. Just go, you know what? I'm going to learn from somebody else what to do, and I'm going to start doing. If I were doing exercise on my own, I wouldn't do it. I'd have a donut in the morning. I love those Panera cinnamon crutch bagels. All right, y'all, y'all with me? Everybody listen to this. Your today has been built on your yesterdays. So what you gotta do is you gotta change today and tomorrow will be built on today. Okay, John 13, verse 17. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. Everybody say, if you do. Everybody say, if you do. If you do them, you're gonna be blessed. But if you don't, then the blessing can't be there. And so our action step is this. Complete the growth track. Step two is the day you can jump on, on. it doesn't matter. We, we play t-ball here on the growth track. Just run to whatever base you want to run to. It's fine. You're going to eventually make it around the base path. It's no big deal. But just, just get moving. Just take the next step. What, what if I, let's don't worry about the what if I's, okay? Don't worry about those. Just take the next step. Then number four, we take our next steps when we expect to grow. And I really want to speak to somebody's heart today. And that is, is that there's, there's doubt in you that you could actually grow. And I want to say to you, that's a lie. I want you to hear me. It's a lie. You can grow and you can get better. And what God wants to do in your life is way beyond what you could ever imagine. I'm a living testimony of that. My life was a mess. My family was a mess. I was jacked up nine ways to Sunday. However... God has redeemed it, and I'm so grateful. And it's not me, it's him. But listen, I chose to grow. Matthew 9, 29 says, he touched their eyes and said, according to your faith. And so some of you say, well, I don't know that I have faith. Great, I'm so glad you confessed that. If you'll ask God, he'll give you faith. The Bible says he gives to every man a measure of faith. If you'll just ask him, Lord, would you help me in the area of faith? He's gonna give it to you. He's gonna work with you. Let me ask you a question. What are you expecting in your life? And if you're expecting negative and down and frustrating and all those types of things, then you need to know you need to change your expector. You have an expector. Take it out, the faulty one, put a good one in there, and let's start expecting good things. Let's start expecting things that are fun. Why? Because we get to choose. As a believer, you get to choose. As a human being, you get to choose. And you need to start choosing the things that are important. What's your next step on this? What's your action step? Get on a team. 
You want to start expecting different things? Then get moving. A, 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 a boat that is not moving cannot be steered. You're just playing a game. If I'm, in the, if I'm in the boat and it's not moving anywhere, I can turn that steering wheel every way that I want to, but it's not going to do anything. Why? Because you need propulsion. Just get involved. Jump on a team. Well, listen, I don't know. I don't know what to do. Be in a parking lot. It's fixing to be summer. You need a tan anyway. Go ahead and get out there. Get on the kids' team. Serve in an area where you get to care for kids and encourage them and see the faith blossom in their heart. Or go become a greeter. Do something that encourages. Lead a small group. Do something that encourages people. And then lastly, here's the last one, number five. We take our next steps when we choose to grow. We take our next steps when we choose to grow. Jeremiah 29, 13 says, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Now, let me ask you a question. A year today, how different will your life be? Or will it just be another year of good intentions? A year from today, how different will your life be? Or will it just be another year of good intentions? So here's our challenge here at Queen City Church. Why don't you just give it a year? Everybody in this room, just make a decision. I'm gonna give it a year. Make a decision. I'm gonna just commit to it. I'm gonna do, listen, I'm gonna do whatever they say. That's on Tuesdays and Thursdays when I get there. Whatever Thomas Cox says, he used to play quarterback at a college uh, team. He's been a coach. Whatever he tells me to do, I do. Now there are days that he tells me to do stuff that I don't like it, but I still do it because he's my coach. And I'm asking you just to let this place be your coach for a year and just see what happens. And I promise you, I promise you, I double dog dare you. That's a good Southern phrase. I promise you that God will do something in your life that you won't believe. Or you can do nothing and you could still have or have worse than what you currently have. And I know that nobody wants that. You're not here today because that's what you want. You're here today because there's a glimmer of hope inside of you. And today I'm hoping that God breathes on it. We are as close to God as we want to be. You're as close to God as you want to be. God's not standing away from you. He's standing ready to run to you. Here's what the Bible says in Psalms 37, verse 23. The steps of the God-pursuing ones follow firmly in the footsteps of the Lord, and God delights in every step they take to follow him. Your action step on point number five is just have someone hold you accountable. If we're gonna do this thing, somebody's got to hold us accountable. And I don't know who that is, but I want you to think of that person right now. Who's the person that needs to check on me to make sure that I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing? Who's the person that needs to help me along the way, encourage me? And listen, you gotta be honest with them. Just tell them, here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna take a year and I'm gonna grow. Or I'm gonna take a year and I'm gonna serve. Or I'm gonna take a year and I'm gonna find out what this God thing's all about. But whatever it is, just make a decision to grow. And I promise you, in one year, you won't believe the change that's taken place in your life. Let's pray together, everybody. Just all over this room, I'm just asking you to just focus your attention on God just for a second. You don't have to look around, but I know that in this place, there are people that you've been sitting hearing this talk, and as you've done that, you've recognized that you really don't have a relationship with Christ. You just, you just recognize. Or maybe your relationship with Jesus has been lacking or maybe distant or non-existent. Listen, it's not because God's left us. It's because we changed something. And today, if that's your recognition, either you, you want a relationship with God or you need to 
come back into relate, whatever the case may be. And today is that day that you want to do that. I want to say a simple prayer with you. I just want to say a simple prayer with you. We're not going to make you come down the front. We're not going to embarrass you. But let me just say this. If that's you and you say, I want a relationship with Jesus Christ, then I want you to just lift your hand right now. Let me pray with you. Just lift it up and put it right back down. Thank you. Anybody else? Put it out. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. Thank you, sir. Right there. Yeah, in the middle. Thanks. All right, let's do this. I'm going to pray a prayer. Simple. Let me help you. You just say these words after me. The most important thing is that you say it and believe it with all your heart. Just say words like these. Say, Jesus, thank you for loving me. Today, I surrender. I invite you into my life. Thank you for paying for my sin. Thank you for loving me. And today, I receive everything that you want for me. Today, I become a part of the body of Christ. I'm not alone. And I want you to know that I love you. Show me what that means every day. In Jesus' name. And Father, I just pray for everybody in this room. God, every person who has a next step to take. God, I bet you most people in this room, they know exactly what it is. So I pray that we would take accountable relationships to create steps to do what we need to do. Because we need to look more like you. And God, thank you that you are here to help us by your spirit. And we appreciate and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. If this message has changed your perspective on God or life, feel free to email your story to info at queencitypeople.com. We'd love to celebrate the change happening in your life. We'd also love to pray for you. If you have any prayer requests, big or small, head over to queencitypeople.com prayer and fill out the form with as much detail as you'd like. For more information about Queen City Church's service times, location, or events, visit queencitypeople.com or follow us on social media platforms at Queen City People.